Sudan's doctors turn to social media as health infrastructure crumbles. Veronika Struzinska With hospitals struggling amid the violence, medics are using helplines on messaging platforms to reach those in need. Sudanese doctors are turning to social media to reach patients as hospitals and heath facilities struggle to function or close completely in the violence. Volunteers have set up 24-hour helplines on messaging platforms, including WhatsApp, staffed by hundreds of doctors and specialists. Only 16% of hospitals in the capital, Khartoum, are operating at full capacity, according to the World Health Organization. Last week, at least, four people, including a child, were killed in an airstrike outside East Nile Hospital in North Khartoum, while Medicine Sans Frontières reported that LG9 Teaching Hospital in West Darfur was looted on April 28. Doctors in the country are reporting death threats and on Monday two volunteers who were working to reopen a hospital in Bari were released after being held for days by the army. Inside the LG9 Teaching Hospital in West Darfur, which was partially looted. The number of victims of nonviolence, patients who don't have access to the health facilities, good care or medications, is increasing, said Dr. Khalid El Sheikh Akhmadana, an MSF medical coordinator based in Khartoum. The situation is dire for those with chronic illness and newborns. It is very difficult for patients with renal failure who need dialysis, those with heart disease, cancer, hemophilia, as well as neonates and those in need of obstetrics and gynecological care, said Elshik Akhmadana. Volunteer medics and midwives are working to reach patients via WhatsApp. They try to put women in contact with a midwife in the area so they can deliver babies in their houses, said Elshik Akhmadan. But we don't know if they have a full medical supply to perform safe and clean deliveries. Even before the war, Sudan had a high maternal mortality rate, with 295 maternal deaths per 100,000 live births, according to UN data. Doctors in Sudan and abroad have also responded to the crisis by staffing free 24 hour helplines available to anyone in the country needing health advice. The Sudanese Doctors' Association in Qatar opened a helpline within two days of the start of the conflict. According to the association, the hotline is staffed by 136 doctors from more than 36 specialties and has offered consultations to hundreds of people. The association hopes to open a separate mental health hotline run by psychologists and psychiatrists. People call in with all sorts of problems, from skin conditions to gynecological issues, said Omer Zain, a Sudanese psychiatrist based in Doha, who staffs the helpline. When someone calls in, they first speak to the doctor who does triage calls, then they are referred to a specialist. We take turns doing triage shifts. At times you have to tell the person that they need to go to a hospital, we direct them to open facilities. The Sudanese Doctors' Association gives updates about open hospitals, but this changes a lot, said Zane. Lack of medication or information about open pharmacies is a big challenge. Clinics and pharmacies are unable to open as battles rage. Many people who had pre-existing mental health conditions are calling in to ask if they should increase or change their doses, said Zane. We were expecting mental health to worsen. Conditions like depression, anxiety, OCD, they can be made worse even by normal stresses of life. Zane said many people were showing early signs of trauma. 
I give them advice on relaxation techniques and try to validate their feelings, said Zane. I tell them that what they are feeling is normal and that just because they are like this now doesn't mean they will stay like that forever. Yes, many people will develop PTSD, but many will recover. The work has been taking a toll. I had a call from a fellow doctor in Sudan. She was treating people who had been injured, among them was her neighbor. She tried to help him but he passed away, Zane recalls. She asked, am I developing PTSD? Cases like this are overwhelming. You feel helpless. You can't do anything. So you just try to do something good. I hope you appreciated this article. Before you move on, I was hoping you would consider taking the step of supporting The Guardian's journalism. From Elon Musk to Rupert Murdoch, a small number of billionaire owners have a powerful hold on so much of the information that reaches the public about what's happening in the world. The Guardian is different. We have no billionaire owner or shareholders to consider. Our journalism is produced to serve the public interest, not profit motives. And we avoid the trap that befalls much U.S. media, the tendency, born of a desire to please all sides, to engage in false equivalents in the name of neutrality. While fairness guides everything we do, we know there is a right and a wrong position in the fight against racism and for reproductive justice. When we report on issues like the climate crisis, we're not afraid to name who is responsible. And as a global news organization, we're able to provide a fresh, outsider perspective on U.S. politics, one so often missing from the insular American media bubble. Around the world, readers can access The Guardian's paywall-free journalism because of our unique reader-supported model. That's because of people like you. Our readers keep us independent, beholden to no outside influence and accessible to everyone, whether they can afford to pay for news or not. If you can, please consider supporting The Guardian today. Thank you.